Joe, you're the guest. One, two, three, or four, or five. Be, be sure to follow us on all this portion. Take that out. I was gonna say you didn't even give wow. him a chance. I, wow! I moved my hand over and barely touched two of them. You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex. I yield to no one. Steve and Sid. Welcome to Show for Yours. This is episode 491. I'm your host, Tricky Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend, it's Alex. Tricky, you're crowing about how many more Platinums you have than everyone, and I'm just over here saving the universe. He brings the awesome. It's I yield to no one. You know, we are normally chit-chat about everything on the show, but our topics are normally sony central Until this week. Well, I, I'm thinking about skipping that one topic because I, I was struggling for topics earlier. And we have a special guest. Uh, he has betrayed Proven Gamer and joined the dark side. It's Mr. Joseph Priestley. How you doing, sir? Hey, what's up, guys? So notice that he said that you betrayed Proven Gamer, but yet here you are lending your time to a Proven Gamer podcast. Hey, man, I do what I can to help the little people. Oh shit! We're gonna start that already. We, we are we are small potatoes, so. All right, gentlemen, how are you doing? I'm here. You sounds very uh very annoyed that he had to stop playing his Lego. No, I'm not annoyed. I'm not annoyed. You let Yield know that his PlayStation Five will be there tomorrow, and he's got all these PS3 games to play. Oh dang! You getting that PS PS Five tomorrow, Yield? Awesome. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but it doesn't matter because he's not playing. He's not allowed to open it up for at least six months after it beats what ten PS3 games. Yeah, which is totally fine. I was it was going to sit in the box. It was going to sit in the box anyway. That's not that hard to do. I mean, I, what are you going to play first anyway, Ratchet? No, I've got that's long gone. I'm working on Lego Lord of the Rings right now. No, I think he meets for the five. Oh, for the yep. five. Yeah, for the five. Oh, I'll probably play. Uh, what's that one? Alex is bundled with the Astros playroom. Yeah, just play that first. It's the best so thing to play. I'll first. probably not, play. I'll probably play that first, and then go to Ratchet. It's it's not the best game available for the five, obviously, but it's a great introduction to the five, and it's a fun game, and it's an easy platinum. So you have to go back and clean that up. A- anybody want to take bets that uh, Yield calls it a glorified tech demo? I don't. Probably. I got more faith in Yield than that. I think that he will see how much time and effort went into that, and the fact that again we mentioned the ducks in the bathtub. That's actually a reference within the game itself, yes, within it Astro's Playroom. So I have more faith in Yield. All right, Yield. I, I cut this out of last week's edit, but uh, did you update the trophies this week? Yeah, I did. I update the trophies every time I'm on the special show. Well, I, I'm good because I forgot to put the little comment. Uh, I am level 616, total trophies of 14,369. 69. And a plaque hat of two sixty eight. Alex, you're you're in the five digits there, fourteen thousand, and you're sitting there making the sixty nine joke because six and nine are on the end. Well, then my next plaque will be two sixty nine. You're an animal, tricky Meg. <laughs> uh, level four forty six, total trophy count of seven thousand four hundred seven, with 
114 Platinums in 113 games. I got new Platinum this week. Uh, we'll get into that. What we're playing, Yield? Level 453, trophy count of 7603, and a Platinum count of 132. Sid is level 518 with total trophies of 10,474 with 180 Platinums. Joe, what's your measly number? Well, I am level 420 with a total trophy count of 7,897 and a platinum count of 27. Hey, dude, you got more total trophies than me and Yield. Yeah. It's probably because I just played more games than you guys. That's all That's all that came down to. It's, yeah. Well, they, they well that, that's how Tricky got his level up so high, is he just played games. He didn't really go after platinums. Or he went after cheap platinums. <laughs> I mean, that's really all you have to do with the new system is just play a bunch of things. Because, like, I mean, you can rattle off, like, 20, 30% of a game if if you start a new game every week. Well, I, I'll i just say, because you know, I mentioned this on last week's show that I got a new Platinum. We didn't have to talk about it. But the truth of the matter is, I actually finished the game, and there were still, like, seven more trophies to pop. <laughs> so what was your last Platinum? Was it, like, the Hong Kong stack of, like, Division? No, it was uh, some... Graphic visual novel that literally you just press the button and the story's over in two minutes and the trophies are still popping five minutes later. Just some some other game he just throws on the pile. It's like when okay. he was buying pops. He just saw this giant thing of pops and he he didn't know which ones he had. He just knew that he had a bunch. Although it does it does have a Japanese and European stack, so I will go back and get the platinum two more times. No. Yeah. Uh, so as far, let's get into... You won a trophy audit, Sid, here on the show last week. You know, I, Sid actually got mad at me for that, I think. <laughs> I would be, too! You called him out! Well, yeah, look, out of the you, blue! You gave me shit for, for talking smack when no one was here to defend themselves, and you're sitting there talking smack with... with... I wasn't talking smack, I said I was very proud of Sid. Then why would you audit him? You don't audit someone you're proud of. The IRS does not audit you because they're proud of your taxes. <laughs> okay, we didn't actually promise. audit him. We went to go see what his platinum was, and I looked into it, maybe arguably a little bit too deep, but yes, I, I checked out what You, you went into the trophy list to not only see how much the game cost, but also how well, like, you went into the dates and time stamps on the trophies he earned to prove that he had rat platted it. Well, you know, sometimes, you know, I gotta, I gotta look out for my brothers and say, hey, listen, I'm proud of you. Again, that's not auditing someone. No one audits you and says they're proud of you. They're like, they're auditing you because you're in deep shit. So the only thing I played all week is Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, Goddamn right you did. And I've officially started the third chapter. Now, currently, as I, before I was recording, I'm going through and collecting all of the uh, shrines, foxes, and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm go- man. The end of chapter two or act two, and you you texted Yield and I about this. It's rough because the the don't spoil there it. Are, yeah, there are two two gut punches at the end of Act 2. Yeah. And I said a text that Yield... It took Yield a while to figure out what I was talking about. Well, I thought you were talking about some show. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> I'm still scarred by that. I I was legitimately pissed when that happened. Just so everybody yeah. knows. Uh, all right. So that's the only thing I've been playing, Joe. Since you are playing the video game right now, obviously, because your mind is distracted to the to the left on my screen. What are you playing? 
Uh, currently, um, I'm just grinding through the story in Mortal Kombat 11 on PS5 because I just have to beat it. It's my last game on my current list. So, all right, what have you? What else have you been playing, sir? Um, not a lot of PlayStation stuff this week. I mean, I did finish Beyond Two Souls, and thank God it's over because that game is horrible. Like, I think Ooh. it's the worst game that they've made in that series, like at all. Like that, of that's, all of them. that's on my uh, backlog list right now. Wait, wor- worse than Heavy Rain? Heavy Rain's an, a masterpiece as far I, as I, like Heavy Rain. I think was their best story. Actually, no, I take that back. No, Detroit was their best. Detroit story. was Heavy their Rain. best story. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Heavy Detroit's, Rain was second. Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain was just so great because it was so revolutionary on the PS3 and the way the controls worked. I mean, I know like Indigo people play like Indigo Indigo Prophecy, and that was obviously where they got their start. And you know, the first game they made, and it's great. If, and if you tricky, have you ever played Indigo Prophecy? Because if you haven't, you can buy it on the uh, the PS4 or the PS5. Uh, I'm gonna have to look into that. It's a PS2 game. It's actually available on the store. Um, yeah, but I beat. Beyond Two Souls, and the story in that game is so convoluted. Uh, Alex Yield, have you finished Beyond Two Souls? Oh yeah, I got the platinum. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not going back because I can't stand Aiden's controls. They make me sick to my stomach. Like I'm literally sitting there trying to match up those two dots, and I'm getting sick. Like literally sick to my stomach. It's like this is not a game for me, and I I had to beat it because it was on my backlog beat down list. So I was like, all right, let me let me just finish this and never have to play this again. So, well, I think you're gonna have to play it again because you're gonna have to help me with the platinum. How am I going to have to help you to find him? Because I need somebody to control Aiden as I'm playing. Do it yourself. You can. Okay, so. Yield, shut up. I'm trying to talk him into playing it again. Yeah, Joe, oh, just okay. tell him to use a second controller. Yeah, that's you how can we use a second it. controller or, or, or just get your kid to help you. I could use the app. Um, And then I, I've been playing one thing on the Switch, like pretty much taking up all my time right now. And it's actually not Hyrule Warriors, surprisingly. It's um, I've been playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2 on the switch and the game is pretty amazing for what it's able to pull off on the switch. It's absolutely gorgeous. For those who don't know, it's an RPG, but it works kind of like a, like final fantasy 12 or like final fantasy 14 or 11. And the fact that you don't really control your attacks, it's kind of set up to auto attack, but um, I'm really enjoying it. about like 10 hours in, I was 10 hours in the last time I quit playing it, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back and I'm going to start knocking out games on my list that I really want to play and not just stuff to get points because I'm kind of tired of just playing stuff to play stuff. And that's kind of why Corey got burnt out. And I don't want to get to that point that Corey got to. All right. Well, we're going to have a little bit of news with uh, Corey uh, when we get done with what we're playing. But let's get through that before we start our topics. Alex, what have you been playing, sir? So last Thursday, Rocket League players know that actually is Wednesday, but the, the new season switched over. So we're now in season four. Very Wild West theme, cowboy outlaw theme. And I think all the guys, and Yield can second me on this, all kind of agree that as far as like the rewards go for getting the Rocket Pass, this is the best season of rewards they've done so far. Yield, would you agree? Oh, absolutely. You, you know, that's funny because everybody I see that like, uh, now granted, I know what you guys are going to say. Everybody I see on TikTok that does Rocket League uh, clips, they're all saying this is the worst season yet for rewards. I heartily disagree. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the whole the whole like racing NASCAR theme or I, I don't know exactly. It wasn't just NASCAR, but like the whole theme of last season was it was OK. It wasn't great. The whole music theme eh, is OK. Uh, but really, like this is it, to me, this is my, my favorite season of rewards. And everyone's going to have different opinions. It's not going to, you know, match your job with everybody. But I really like it. And I like the rewards. And, you know, we were it, it, it very at the very first like outset when we kind of like learned what the new season was going to be about. 
some I think it was Yield pointed out the goal score that you get at the end or towards the end of the, the Rocket Pass. What is it the uh the shooty fingers yield? What is it? Yeah. The cowboy hat and the shooty fingers and he like yells yeehaw. Wow. They sound like great prizes. <laughs> I'm assuming you don't play Rocket League, Joe. I don't, but you know what? I like Rocket League. I, w- I was actually going to ask you a question, uh, Alex. Is is the pass really worth it? Like, do you get a- do you feel like you get enough out of it from purchasing the pass? You know, every season. I mean, so do you have? I, I know that you are a seasoned gamer, but do you do battle passes typically? I games. I don't, but I feel like Rocket League like is one of the ones that like I'm more drawn to because I like playing Rocket League. But I don't know if there's enough content there to like get somebody like me to like be like, oh, let's play Rocket League on a consistent basis. So when you get like from tier one to 70, you get it's not all items, but a lot of the stuff in there are free items that you get for, you know, going through the rocket pass. You know, you'll get other things like um, part like a a party boost or like a boost XP or something like that. So then like you get credits here and there. But essentially you get a ton of free items. But also by the end of the rocket pass, if you make it to tier 110 and I almost made it there last season, just playing every Thursday night with the guys. Uh, if you make it to 110, you get, by that time, 1,000 credits. So you've essentially earned your $10 back. So what people do is you can buy the first rocket. For, you can buy a battle pass if you've never played any. You can buy a battle pass if you don't have any credits and then spend $10 and then through the season earn that money back and use that to buy the next season. Oh, so it kind of likes what, what, what Fortnite does. Yeah, like pretty much your standard affair for most most battle passes where like if you get to top tier, yeah, you can get your money back. I would say that, I mean, if you like Rocket League, I'd say it's definitely worth it. You know, Again, the rewards are going to like vary. Some of them are really good, and some of them you may not like. But for the fact, the number of items you get, and after you get past tier seventy, it's all reskins, like recolors of items. Um, but for the most part, I definitely say it's worth it, especially since in like in that pass, you can earn essentially the money back and just pay for the next pass. So it just depends on how much you're willing to play it. I mean, if you can dedicate one night, two hours uh, a week to it, you I mean you can get a lot out of the battle pass. You'll get you know all the unique items plus a good chunk of your money back, you may not get to tier 110, but you won't be that far off either. So, uh, Yield, do you think, you'd say the be- you'd say it's worth it, because, I mean, you love Rocket League, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially since I had my initial investment in the credits, and then I'd just roll it over every season. Yeah, some seasons are better than others, but for the most part, you know, you consider how much, like, certain goal scores cost within the game, like, from blueprints, and other things, like some things, you know, cost 10 bucks, some things cost 20 bucks. Uh, for the fact that you can get, you know, just pay to be a part of the uh, the Rocket Pass, you know, have a bunch of content to play for, and you get a bunch of free items along the way that don't cost you any extra beyond the Battle Pass, and you get to earn your money back, I, I definitely say it's worth it. I, I had to step away from the mic, but did you mention about how you get the... Uh... The points that basically, if you go high enough every year, you get the rocket pass every yeah. time for free. You get to tier one hundred and ten, and you get your your uh, you get enough credits to pay for the next rocket pass. I like how they put like ten extra, <laughs> ten extra levels in there for your tier. They couldn't just stop it at one hundred. They got to one hundred ten. Yeah, because they will when you're when you're going up through the regular levels up to seventy, you don't get a hundred credits per like every ten levels. They're they they're put them in there sometimes. Like I guess it's like a tier twelve or tier 21, or something weird like that. So, But once you get past 70, it goes 80, 90, 100, 110. Oh, uh, okay. All right, yield? Hey. I'm sorry. I said I got a new platinum. You didn't even ask me about that. You oh, didn't care. You didn't give a shit. I'm sorry. I had to step away because I had to uh, put something on the stove for a sweet mama to eat. So I kind of lost track of the conversation. I apologize. What is your new platinum, sir? 
Ratchet and Clank are ripped in time. Or ripped apart. Sorry. A, a crack in time. I was thinking about a crack in time. Ratchet and Clank ripped apart. Well, I already knew that because I looked up your trophies. But how did you like it? I mean, a lot of people are saying the game is way too short. So, Ashley asked me about this. She's like, how do you like it? And I'm like, well, it's a Ratchet and Clank game. And she's like, well, you sound disappointed. I'm like, so... That's not even disappointed. Ratchet and Clank is probably the one of the most consistent series in video games where before you even play the game, you know pretty much what you're going to get because I mean, the game, I don't want to say the same, but the games are just very consistent in quality and what they do really well. Uh, you've got your all your awesome guns. You've got your awesome planetary locations. You've got your funny, well-written characters, you know, the great dialogue, comedic dialogue. You've got really fun, hectic game, like gunplay. You know, you've got platforming. Uh... Yeah, so I mean, it's just really well done, and every, every you know, Ratchet and Clank just looks, it's the same great gameplay, it's just better looking. So the game looks fantastic, I love Rift Apart, uh, it's a fantastic game, and I wouldn't necessarily, so, obviously I started this game this past week, because last episode I was finishing up Astro's Playroom, so I started, I can't remember if it was Tuesday or not, or Tuesday, when, I don't think it was Wednesday, it must have been Tuesday, but essentially I got to the Platinum, you know, in less than a week. So it's not a super long game, but what I will say is, I hate the conversation of, is this game, you know, too short, because then you're questioning whether it's worth the money. The game is easily worth $70, because it tells its story in an appropriate amount of time, it does exactly what it wants to do, and it's a game like Vanquish. It does exactly what it needs to do, and it gets out before it gets old. I would rather pay $70 for a game like Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart than a game that supposedly has 300 hours of gameplay and a bunch of bullshit padding. This game has no padding. You, um, as you progress through the story, you will like learn new things and have to go back to a few planets to finish stuff up. But after you finish the main campaign, because uh, one of my things when I was going through the game was like, man, this is a little easy. It's not, it's not a hard game. That doesn't mean I didn't die. It's just not a, a very challenging game. Of course, I played on the normal setting, and you know you, there are difficulty settings, so you can scale your difficulty. But also, you can go into challenge mode later afterwards, and that and and, and make the game harder through that. Change your difficulty setting and change the aggressiveness of the of the enemies. And also the health and everything of the enemies. So, um, by you know my concern about being a little bit too easy, you can change the difficulty on that. Which you know, so uh, Insomniac took care of that. My only real complaint about the game is I didn't feel like there were enough boss fights. I feel like this is something that Ratchet and Clank has always fallen a little short on. Is the gameplay is really fun and the characters are great, and you know the final villain is always a really great character, especially when it's one particular character. And I think we all know who it is this time: Doctor Nefarious. He's just a fantastic character, but the rest of the boss fights beneath that, like, they're not super good. Like, most of the big boss fights are, like, grunt enemies that you just fight over and over again, and then, like, there's, like, the boss fights just aren't super well-defined, so I just, I wish this game had better boss fights. There are a few in there that are really good, but the game needs more, and I wish they were better. So that's my really only complaint, but the gameplay is fun as hell, and it's a great story. There was a little really cool twist in there, a very uncharted like twist that they had in the game um you i don't want to spoil anything but there there was a really cool twist that i've never seen in a ration clank game before and then also hey hey i mean it's part of the trophies but the rhino makes a return and they actually like they change the rhino every game somewhat but this like is actually like the whole concept of the game like rift apart they actually like change the rhino to make it fit within the theme of the game, which is really cool. And obviously, it's still a destructive monster. So uh, I really love what they did with the Rhino. And just the weapons in your general are fantastic. You know, there is incentive to go back and play again, because in challenge mode, you can buy the Omega versions of weapons, and that allows you to um, level them up even further. So, uh, you know, by the end of the game, I didn't have enough rare titanium to 
basically perfect all the weapons and buy all their upgrades. Uh, so there is reason to go back and play in challenge mode. But, I mean, this is one of those games we talked about it before where, you know, the people at Insomniac, you know, we're talking about challenge difficulty. Uh, some of the puzzles you can skip. I would encourage people not to do that because, you know, they are they are challenging, but they are fun. So they do. A, it's not just like Ratchet and Clank, you know, Ratchet going around shooting stuff, Ratchet and Rivet shooting stuff. There's also, you know, Puzzle of the Clank and Kit, which are a lot of fun. Uh, there's also little scenes like uh, little shooter scenes with a little uh, bot named Glitch, which actually goes in and clears computer viruses uh, for Ratchet. So there's a lot of varied gameplay in there. And like I said, some people may think it's too short. I think they told a really great story in an appropriate amount of time. And the gameplay was fun as hell all the way through. And I would rather play. I would rather pay for a game like that than, you know, play a game where I'm going to have to, you know, it's like Helldivers, just grind kills to get to 100,000 just to get a platinum. The platinum in this is easy. It doesn't take you a long time, but it's a fun as hell ride along the way. And you pretty much, if you play a Ratchet & Clank game, you know what to expect. So it's going to be a good time. So people saying it's too short, I understand. But I think that this game makes a good case that $70 for a shorter, like for, you know, what, like maybe a 10, 12 hour story is perfectly fine. I, I think the only trophy that annoyed me was the one where you had to uh, destroy them with the shield. Yeah, that's one I had to go back and mop up. Oh, but one of the things, um, as far as trophies go, there are some collectibles you'll have to get all of, but for the most part, you don't have to get every collectible in the game. You'll pop the last trophies for, say, like gold bolts after you've collected five gold bolts. So you don't have to get all 25, which is nice. But if you do get all 25, you do get, obviously, gameplay modifiers, different skins for your characters, your ship, your re your wrenches and stuff, and your hammer. But also, the later bolts... You can get the the bolts, the gold bolts for infinite ammo and infinite health before you even get to the final boss. So you can definitely make the game much easier to close, but they are worth going after. Um, I did not use infinite health or infinite ammo on the last boss because I didn't want to. But again, you know, it's worth going after the gold bolts. But yeah, there's collectibles are not much of a are not so much tied to trophy and trophies in this game, which is nice because that is a large annoyance in a lot of games. All right, yield. So I've been playing Baja, Badge of Control, World of Warships, Legends, Rocket League, and Lego Lord of the Rings. All right, I saw, I'm looking at you guys' record from uh, Thursday. You guys had a rough night on Rocket League Thursday, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Happens to the best of us. Yeah. And, and even us. I, I do know that because uh, I was taking a nap, I popped in to you know talk with you guys. The second I popped in, I heard tricky. No, so I left. Yeah, that was a smart decision. <laughs> Is that like, I did not want to. I did. I did not want to have a chit chat. I just popped in to say hi and you know to see everything was going because I was napping. <laughs> I heard you. I was like, all right, they must not be doing uh, having a good night. So I'm uh, I'm out of here. No. So before we get into our topics, it's worth noting that uh, Joe's friend, Corey, uh, former host of the Game Stuff podcast, uh, is currently, as we are recording and uh, will still be as of the day the show comes out, attempting a world record. Uh, I don't have all the details, but I know he's trying to play a game. Uh, for the world record of 130, right now the record's 38 hours. He's trying to do 138 hours. Uh, there, you know, there is times for him to sleep. I think uh, Guinness, because uh, this is going to be official Guinness world record if he pulls it off. Uh, Guinness allows 10 minutes of rest of every hour that he's going. Correct. Uh, correct. <clears throat> so I think his current plan is to go for anywhere from 36 to 48 hours before taking a nap. Um, 
I believe he has to still be on stream while he's doing that. Joe? Yeah, yeah, he has to be <clears throat> he has to sleep on stream. So actually his game plan is to play for 24 straight hours and okay. then take and then take a nap. Okay. Um he's also going for the world record of playing the longest playing one single game cuz he is playing Call of Duty Warzone. Uh what other record is he going for, Joe? So it's the longest time playing a um I believe it's a first person shooter, a Call of Duty game and also um Oh man, there's there's three records he's getting. Battle Royale? Yes, Battle Royale, thank you. If you like to uh watch him play, um and Ryan, he's still going and I hope he does. I don't mean that to sound negatively. <laughs> no. Uh by the so time sh- the show comes out. Uh you can go watch him at twitch.tv backslash dual screens streams. So he uh, should be going until about uh, about Friday night or about six PM should be when it's over. Right. So uh, be sure to check that out and uh, give him any love and support you guys can. Uh, we do wish him the well. I mean, there's no uh, it's no secret that me and Corey are not the, the bestest of friends, but I do wish he him well in doing this because this is an amazing accomplishment. So, Joe, let me ask you, does Corey drink coffee? Uh, he is not drinking any caffeinated beverages during this. He feels like they're going to put him at a state of like, like they'll get they'll like pretty much get him to a state where he'll, he'll have too much energy and then he'll crash. So it's no coffee, no energy drinks. He's just going to drink water and some juice. And then he's going to eat pretty much like protein bars and like uh, granola bars, some fruit, some vegetables. Like he's going to try and keep himself pretty healthy during this. He's not going to eat crap like and he likes to eat crap. So like this is a really hard thing for him to do. Like there's no like McDonald's. There's no Wendy's. No, nothing like this during this, you know, six day or five day stretch. None of that. He has to eat pretty much healthy the whole time because he wants to keep his body in a in a place where he's not one like he has to like go to the bathroom a lot. He's got to keep that to a minimum because he wants to keep all his breaks to sleep and you can't be out of a match for more than five minutes or your timer expires like you're you're disqualified. So you have to be you have to continuously be in a match. All right. How much how long did he sleep before this to prep? He OK, so. His 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 training for this started about I would say a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, where like he just started staying up twenty four hour marathons and he did like three or four of them to get ready for this. So he he gamed for about twenty four to twenty seven hours and then slept half a day, got up, did his did his day, went to work, and then um would do it again and again and again because he wanted to prepare his body for what it would be like to not have to deprive itself of sleep for that amount of time. So. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty interesting that he's doing this. I mean, he's talked a lot of crap about this and Tricky knows like he's been talking about doing this for years and for him to actually put it into practice. I'm really proud of him because none of us thought that he would actually do it. And I'm really proud that he's actually put, you know, his money where his mouth is and he's he's attempting this. It's it's a great it's a great feat to try and accomplish. I wish him all the luck. Um, I'll be in the stream a lot of the time uh, cheering him on and kind of, like you know, talking to him, provide him some support. I'm also charged with the duty this week of talking to his wife because he's going to be totally busy playing Call of Duty. So anytime she needs something or wants to talk to somebody, uh, I've been tasked with, you know, kind of, you know, keeping her, you know, kind of entertained and talking to her. So that's, yeah. that sounds like the worst part of this. I mean, no, actually, not, actually, not that, not that I'm knocking on his wife at all. I'm just saying, like, you, for the next week, you have two wives. Actually, she's pretty cool. She's probably cooler than Corey. No offense to Corey, but uh, she's cool to hang out with. She plays Final Fantasy. She does a whole bunch of stuff. She's a video, she's a gamer, too. So we get along really, really well, um, and we make fun of Corey together. So, you know, you'd probably like her, too. So I, I know her very well, and uh, I haven't talked to her in a while, but 
Uh, shout out to her. All right, so we're getting a little long-winded. We are 30 minutes into the show, and we have to get into our topics. This article is coming from comicbook.com, and it says PlayStation Plus reportedly is getting a big upgrade that will cost PS4 and PS5 gamers more money. This article is written by Tyler Fisher. Sony is reportedly planning a big upgrade to the PlayStation Plus, and it's it's going to cost PlayStation Plus subscribers who want to revel with this upgrade. We first heard about this way back in April via report that a prominent industry leaker that Sony was looking to merge its growing anime empire with its PlayStation empire via PlayStation Plus. At the time, the rumor service was pitched as PlayStation's answer to Xbox's Game Pass. Now, a few months later, following this week's Crunchyroll news, a new report has surfaced that echoing all of this, if it's accurate, a premium version of the subscription service might be rolled out soon. So, uh, there is no talk of the price, but Yield, I heard you saying something right before we hit the record button that this is definitely not good news for you. Well, no, because, I mean, there's some anime I watch, but I don't want to pay extra for something I'm not going to use. All right, Joe, are you... Just 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 because you want to bundle it in. Now, if you want to make it an option... If you want to be subscribed to Crunchyroll and you bundle it in and you save some money, cool. But you're going to force me to be a member of Plus. You're going to give me this, and that I don't like. All right. It's it's also said that at the time of the report, it was suggested not only was this happening, but that the bundle may actually include movies and TV. The leaker Nick Baker compared the subscription service to Apple One. Now, Joe, are you a big anime fan? And if you are, how does this play into your uh, future plans for PlayStation Plus? I mean, I like anime, but I'm not signing up for Weave Pass because pretty much what this is. It's like, hey, we're just gonna we're just gonna include anime in with your PlayStation subscription. I'm kind of with Yield on this. Like, if they if it's like a premium subscription and I can pay like five dollars more and then have Crunchyroll, that's pretty cool because I know it has a lot of really good anime on it. You can watch One Piece on there, but you can pretty much watch One Piece anywhere. I mean, it's it's interesting that Sony is like the anime empire now. They own both the biggest, the two biggest anime streaming services that exist, which are Funimation and Crunchyroll so co- now. Correct, correct. So it's kind of interesting that they own both of them. I wonder if we're getting one, if we're getting both of them together. If we get both together and it's like fifteen bucks a month, I think that's a pretty good deal, honestly. And I, I'm not going to turn that down. I, I might actually become a more avid anime watcher if they're going to give me that for five more dollars i mean i i'd rather that i'd rather pay five more dollars and get better playstation plus games to be honest but you know beggars can't be choosers right so, so. all right alex i'm not big into i don't watch i mean we have netflix but in general i don't watch a ton of tv we've got subscription services to you know just about anything you can throw a rock at from prime prime video to disney plus to hulu and we don't really use them a ton. I mean, there are certain shows that we will watch, like we watched Loki on Disney Plus. We watched The Mandalorian uh, on Netflix. We've been or on HBO Max. We've been watching uh, Six Feet Under. So there are a few things we will watch very pointedly. Uh, we're gonna watch oh, what is it? Um, the Witcher when season two comes out on Netflix in December, I believe it is. So we will make a point to watch certain shows, but in general, we don't watch a ton of stuff on these subscription services. So I mean. Given that my time is already like any of my TV viewing time is kind of already taken up by those other services, Sony putting anime into PlayStation Plus is not something I want. If they want to unify Funimation and Crunchyroll into one thing, 
then make that a subscription service on your console or through your, your PlayStation Network. I mean, you've already got PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus as separate entities. It's just as, as someone who uses PlayStation Plus and enjoys PlayStation Plus for what it is right now, I don't want you to tack on a bunch of like extra stuff just to drive up, drive up the price. Just to, you know, just because you want a unified place for everything. I just want to pay for PlayStation Plus for the games aspect. I don't want the anime aspect thrown in there as well, and then you charge me more. Yeah, I don't watch anime at all, so this actually, uh, if they raise the price, would actually be uh, a bad thing. Well, here, if if they if they said, hey, you could play, if they made tiers of PlayStation Plus, like, if you want video streaming and stuff like that, if you want the anime stuff, and you pay, you know, $15 more a year or something like that, or you pay a, a certain number, you know, an extra a month, that's fine. But give us options when it comes to our memberships. I don't want to just have one PlayStation Plus membership and then you tack on a bunch of stuff that I'm not going to use. Well, here's the other question is because uh, me and you and I think Yield, too, we have years of PlayStation Plus stacked up. Like I'm good. Four. until 20- I have four. Yeah, I'm good until 2027. So what are they going to do if this is all one price and they raise the price? What are they going to do for people like us? Because they're not making we're, any extra money off of us for years. We're grandfathered in. Oh, I don't know. I haven't checked. I'm probably at least good through 24. Wow. Joe, you still year to year? I think I'm month to month at this point. I think I stopped year to year because I don't know why I stopped month to month, but I did. You you paid more for it then. I don't care. Honestly, I'm willing to pay more for it because I use it. Like, I, if I'm going to use it, I don't care how much you pay for it. Honestly, like, that doesn't bother me. Month to month doesn't bother me. Okay. All right, so the next story we have is coming from IGN and is written by Wesley LeBlanc. Control has passed 10 million players and Remedy has entered full production on its upcoming project with Epic Games. This was revealed in a new investor letter released today alongside the news that Control's revenues were slightly higher in Q2 21 than in Q2 in 20. Remedy cites the studio's commitment to actively marketing Control, Control's Ultimate Edition's launch on Google Stadia, and Control's inclusion in the Epic Game Store Mega Sale 21 as reasons for the game's continued success. Quote, Overall, new platform services and special offerings give us valuable lessons for the future. Bringing additional revenue, help us to reach new audiences and increase Control brand awareness. Control has already reached a formidable audience with having been played over 10 million players. The growing audience and brand awareness are valuable as we continue to support Control. End quote. The letter also reveals that its big budget game project being developed in partnership with Epic Games has moved into full production and that the studio's four-player cooperative PvE game set in the world of Control, known as Condor, has been solidified thanks to the new publishing and development agreement with 505 Games. In case that's not enough, Remedy mentioned in the letter, it is also agreed on a collaboration terms for future and bigger Control game with 505 Games as well. Elsewhere, Remedy is continuing to develop the story for the Crossfire HD and Crossfire X 2, while also continuing its full production focus on a, quote, second smaller scale game, end quote, with Epic Games. And don't forget about Vanguard either, which is the studio's free-to-play co-op game project. Remedy says it's, quote, progressing at a good pace with selected internal and external closed gameplay tests, end quote. Last month, we learned that Remedy was working on yet another game, bringing the total games to six. All right, so I read all that, and here's my question to you, gentlemen. I'm going to start with you, Joe. Is Remedy taking too much on, and is it possible that these games are going to suffer because of it? 
Because you know how Levi feels about his Remedy games. I was just going to say, is he going to feel burnt on this? (laughs) Go ahead. I'm sorry. Kind of sets you up for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's low-hanging fruit. Anyway, um, I kind of look at it like, look at um, the Dark Picture anthologies, right? And they were working on multiple games at the same time. And I think it really hurt them. And I think they didn't put all they had into each entry of the Dark Pictures anthology. I feel like they got better as they went on. And some of them are weaker than others. But I feel like they're trying to do seven games. Eight. Eight. Eight now? I thought it was seven. It's always been eight. That's crazy. I don't think they'll make them all at this point because they're not selling good enough to make the rest of them. Only two of them come out or has three of them come out already. The third one comes out in October. Okay. House of Ashes? Yeah, it's it's October. So okay. and they didn't even make two games in a year this year. They only had because the last one came out last October. So they didn't even get two games this year. They were supposed to do two a year. But anyway, going back to Remedy, um, can they can they take all this on at once? I, I think with the size of their company, I think they can. But similar to what I just said, I think they can suffer from trying to put out multiple games at the same time. So, yeah, I think they I think they could stumble, but we don't know. I mean, is control the greatest game of all time. No, it's nowhere near. Is, are any of their games really the greatest game of all time? No, they're nowhere near. But I, I, I think like what what we're getting a control game, right? We're getting a control multiplayer game. Which who asked for that? Nobody. Uh, we're getting probably Alan Wake, another Alan Wake game. That's got to be one of the games, right? It's got to be. I mean, not it's, 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 it's got to be. be. With, with them putting in the control DLC, Alan Wake DLC and control, I think it's pretty adamant that we're gonna get another Alan Wake game. And then I'm hoping that we get something new. Like I'm hoping there's like a new. Because I always like when they create new games, and I think that's their strong suit. I don't want a Control 2. I don't know about the rest of you, and I'll, I'll leave it off at this. I don't want a second Control game. I think the first game was good enough. I think I had enough time in that world, and honestly, I don't think the story was the best part of Control. I think the actual gameplay was the best part of Control, and how it controlled. No pun intended there, but yeah. Okay, I, I stopped reading the article a little short. Uh, it, it is worth noting that it says to meet the production of the six games, the series headcount has grown up to 293 employees. That's still not a lot for six games. Well, if they're doing if they're doing something with Epic, they're partnering with Epic, that might have people from also from Epic working on a game as well. Yeah, their track record is great with making games right now. Uh, the ending was particularly not great. So, I mean, if they were to another control, it's like they hit this high point with the uh, the ashtray maze, and then the ending just kind of just kind of fell flat. But uh, the gameplay was fantastic. I love the gameplay; it was a lot of fun. Story wise, not not great, a little too convoluted for my taste. But um, I mean, would I mind play? I would play another control because I would want them to to do something uh, better where they drop the ball at the end of control. The DLCs were great. So, you know, that gives me confidence that if they made another control, that they can fix some of the problems with the, the story and the ending and the first control. But yeah, I mean, the number of projects is a little concerning. But, you know, do we ever really know? I mean, like, I, I just watching the credits for Ratchet and Clank Ripped Apart today, it's like, God, you just don't know how many people are in the credits. I mean, granted, not all those people are working at the studio. You know, you got your Shohei Yoshis and your Scott Rodies and Jim Ryan and Helm and Hurst. But, I mean, good God, there's uh, there's a lot of people just in those credits alone. So, it's six is a lot of projects. I mean, maybe they should fix Godfall first because that's a piece of crap. Godfall actually just came out on the PS4, by the way. Just see so everybody knows. Yeah, I'm not buying that. Does it come with a f- free PS5 upgrade? Maybe I'll buy it. All right, yield. If they can do it, awesome. But that that's a tall order for only 200 people. 
Remedy, I mean, I, I will say that I, I, you know, I hope this doesn't hurt Remedy because I think they're a really good development studio. If, if there's anybody Xbox or Microsoft should have bought, it should have been Remedy. But um, yeah, I I like their games. I, I hope they continue to, they seem to be hitting a stride right now. I hope, you know, they finish all these projects and they're all great because I do like Remedy and I do have a lot of respect for their track record of video, track record of video game making. Now, I debated putting this as our topic of the week because I figured this is going to start a little bit of a conversation. Uh, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice has gotten a free Xbox X and S optimization patch. Uh, this is coming on the four-year anniversary of the game. Uh, now, you will notice that I said it is getting a Series X and S optimization patch, but that patch is not coming to the PlayStation 4 slash PS5 version of the game. Now, I asked this gentleman, and I don't want to, like, you know, bash on Xbox or anything, but is this a sign that Xbox is now pulling away from their commitment to supporting all versions of their games, allowing their games also go on other systems? Uh, this is also not coming to the Switch as well, but it is worth noting that the Switch would be able to handle the uh, patch anyway. So, Alex, I'll start with you. Uh, is this right for Xbox to release this patch for their own console and not the PlayStation 4? Why would they release it for the PlayStation 4? Okay. I mean, but, but I mean, like, there, it's a patch for the X and the S, right? That's not the same generation as the 4. Well, the X and the S also play the Xbox One games like the PlayStation 4, or the PlayStation 5 plays the PlayStation 4 games and upreses them. This is yeah. this is giving them an official upgrade to the X and the S, but they're but essentially they're not upgrading the game from the four to the five is basically what this patch is doing. I I, I get why they would upgrade it for their own consoles. I don't understand why anyone would expect them to upgrade for the Switch or for the PS Five. Like when they bought all these studios, I'm like, my thought was they're going to make all these games exclusive because they should. Why would you buy all the studios and not make those games exclusive to PC and your console? Why would you ever do anything for like to optimize those games that are owned by that are, you know, made by the company you own, the development studios you own on a competitor's console? Well, and I, I don't like I don't understand why that that's an expectation. Well, if you look at like uh, now, granted, Minecraft doesn't really need graphic support, but Minecraft is owned by Microsoft at this point, but they still release upgrades for that. Uh, we got all the Bethesda games that are still coming to the fore. And the five, uh, even after their purchase, you got the games from, uh, what's his, Tim Schafer Studio. Double, Double Fine. Double Fine. Yeah, Double but fine. let's be honest, Sinuous Sacrifice and, you know, any game Double Fine makes are not going to come near the sales of most Bethesda games or the biggest Bethesda games. Bethesda games are big time. So maybe they're like, hey, these really big games that'll sell huge multi-platform, maybe we'll put those on the other consoles, or allow those to be on the PlayStation and the Switch. Minecraft, a huge audience. like, And yeah, so it makes sense for that to be, you know, not just on the Xbox. And, and it's also worth noting that Minecraft was on the 4 before Microsoft bought them. Just yes, it was on that. other consoles before. But again, like, they're clearly going to pick and choose, like, Psychonauts is going to be on other consoles because that was crowdfunded, and you can't you know, have that game crowdfunded and then later purchase Double fine and say, okay, well, actually, all of you who donated money in our own PlayStation, you can't have the game now. So that's kind of why they're locked into releasing that multi-platform. And then uh, there was another game, Deathloop, obviously, was developed for, you know, 
the Sony consoles as well, and then later Bethesda bought, or uh, Microsoft bought Bethesda, but that game was already being developed for the, the, the Sony consoles. I don't know, they're clearly going to pick and choose what they support. I don't think they have to support everything. Or Yield? I mean, they're owned by Microsoft, so it doesn't have to make its way here. All right. Well, it's it's worth noting that the 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 update uh, says it will take full advantage of Microsoft's ninth generation gaming hardware, meaning Hellblade not only gets imp- improved basic visuals, but includes additional perks such as DirectX ray tracing, three graphical modes, performance resolution, and enriched, and with the latter offering support for ray tracing. Uh, and the patch is coming uh, at no additional cost if you own the game digitally or physically. Joe, you kind of laughed when Yield was talking. Uh, how are you feeling about all this? Here's my thoughts. Let the babies that play Microsoft games have their games. Because you know what? They need them. That's literally what it is. Like, they need all the games they can get, Tricky. So let them have it. Like, I, like, I would love to play the next, you know, Senua Sacrifice game. But I know that's not going to happen. And you know what? Let them have it. I'm okay with that. Let them have it. Because I'll be over here playing Uncharted, like, 5, 6, 7. I'll be playing all these other great Sony games. So you know what? As a Sony fan and as a as a Nintendo fan, I have tons of stuff to play. I don't need Microsoft. I don't need them. And they don't have anything that entices me. And I'm not trying to say that as like a pony or, you know, an, an uh, super, super Nintendo. I'm trying to say that as, as you know, someone who's who's very much understands what Microsoft's trying to do here. And Yield and Alex kind of hit it on the head. Why would they give anybody access to the games that they paid for? Like, they paid all this money. Like, they... They're they're coming to a head now where they have to start producing games for all these people who bought these Game Pass for subscriptions, and like I'm sorry, like I I I played a few minutes of a set and I'm like, this is what you're giving me, like I'm not impressed. It still boggles my mind that they don't keep their games exclusive to their console and that they release it on PC because, I mean, the PC gaming market. It's a platform for them though, Tricky. It's a platform for them. It's not about like. Microsoft is a platform now. It's not like they can say that Xbox this, Xbox that. Microsoft is the platform now. Like Xbox is the brand on the platform. So the platform is like PC and Xbox. I I, I honestly think they're going to phase out the Xbox in the next five to six years. There will be no more Xbox. It'll just be Microsoft games on PC and whatever box they put out, but I don't know if they even need to call it Xbox anymore. Maybe they keep the name Xbox because it's good branding for them, or maybe they change the PC division to Xbox. I, who knows? But, like, I I just think that they're at a point where they have to start producing something for these, like, 20-something studios that they bought. What was it, like, 22 or 27 studios, 29, something like that? It's crazy. Um, like, look it up. And going back to a comment, I believe, either Yield or Alex made previously on the show, yes, they should have bought Remedy. Like, uh, that was the dumbest thing you didn't do. Uh, according to a quick Google search, Microsoft now has 23 first-party game studios compared to Sony's 13. I would laugh my ass off if Sony bought Remedy and it forced Levi to buy a PS5 to play Control 2, to play all the rest of the Remedy games that are coming the down the Alan pipe. Wake game? <laughs> yeah, it would, for- it would force them all to go buy one. and then they'd have Although to, they'd Alan have to Wake their- would say on Xbox because that is an Xbox exclusive. It depends. It's a remedy game, though. If that studio owns the rights, if they're bought out by a competitor or not, they can. Or anyway, no, you're, you're if right. They you're own right. the rights. Right, yeah, they, they they can put it wherever they want if they own the rights. Uh, 
Let's see. In July 19, Remedy fully acquired the rights to Alan Wake from Microsoft. So Remedy owns it. So see, so what, whether or not, if, even if Sony, if Sony buys them, it's more than likely, yeah, it would be on Sony. But if Sony doesn't buy them, it's up to Remedy could just make it multi-platform. Here you go. It's everybody's. It's available for everybody. Well, wasn't the rumor that they were making a Alan Wake PS4 version and then they it just never came to light? I thought they were making a brand new uh, remaster of the first Alan Wake game for Sony because they didn't have it on their platform. I, I would have loved that, but I never heard anything about that. Yeah, they made a PC version that just came out, what was it, last year, I think? And I think there was supposed to be a Sony version. Maybe Microsoft put kibosh on that or something happened there, but I, I could have sworn it was supposed to come to Sony as well. All right, just because uh, we're on it, and I know that you know we want to give uh, you know fair time. The Xbox Game Studios uh, that are owned by Microsoft right now are three, four, three Industries, The Coalition, Compulsion Games, Double Fine Production, The Initiative, In Exile Entertainment, Mojang Studios, Ninja Theory, Obsidian Entertainment, Playground Games, Rare, Turn 10 Studios, Undead Labs, World's Edge, Xbox Game Studios Publishing, Alpha Dog Games, Arcane Studios, Bethesda Game Studios, id software machine games roundhouse studios tango gameworks and zenimax online studios yeah and a lot of those games came like a lot of studios came with the purchase of bethesda the last eight game uh last eight studios are technically under the zenimax media bethesda softworks uh division i think that rare is a very like good case study for how microsoft has handled their in-game ip because rare was great and then Xbox bought them, and they have been not great ever since. And you looked at Halo's management, and then they gave it to 343 after Bungie left, and I don't really, I don't get the feeling that people really want Halo in the hands of 343. So, as I've said before in Facebook threads, Microsoft did a really good job of buying up quality studios. So, I think that the good games will come for them, but I really think they've just done a really bad job of managing their IP, aside from Forza. Um, and I think Rare is a really rare, and even, you know, newer Halo games have really been a good indication of that, of just how poorly they've done with their own owned IP. Yeah, I'm looking at this list right now, and it's it's interesting because they say that, like, when uh, studios were acquired, and up until 2002, when they bought Rare, they only had five uh, first-party studios, and it took them from 2002 until... 2014 when they bought Mojang and then it took them until 2018 to really start buying up studios. Yeah, Rare, it makes me sad what's happened to Rare because they are just wasting away in Microsoft land. You know, it was a good purchase, but they've just, nothing good has come out of, of Rare in Microsoft, under Microsoft. Alright, moving on to our last, stop, to, uh, last topic before our topic of the week. Uh, this is probably going to make a couple of us happy. Sly Cooper 5 is apparently in development. A notable leaker has collaborated rumors that the fifth entry in PlayStation Sly Cooper platformer franchise is currently being developed. This has come from ScreenRant.com and is written by Thomas McNulty. The original trilogy of cartoon platformers was developed by Sucker Punch Productions while the series' fourth game was handed over to Sanzaro Games and released in 2013. The Sly Cooper games became a staple platformer titles as after the release between 2002 and 2005. Despite being some of the very first games Sucker Punch developed, 
The series proved to be a success, but underwent a period of inactivity after the studio's final Sly Cooper release due to a shift in focus into the new infamous series. Sucker Punch left the future of the franchise in the hands of Sansaro Games, which released a high-definition remastered collection of the original trilogy, followed by their fourth installment, Sly Cooper Thieves in Time, the infamous game of why you, uh, Alex has to say X number of Platinums and X number of games. Uh, so, Joe, let's start with you. Uh, Sly Cooper 5, you interested? Yeah, I like Scott, uh, Sly Cooper a lot. I think... It's really nice that the franchise is coming back. There's been a real resurgence of 3D platforming, like, action-adventure games, and I think I really want to see a lot of those come back. I really wish that they would remaster, like, the original trilogy. I know they put it out on PS3, but I think it would be nice for people to play it before playing uh, 5, because that's where most of the story lies in the first three games. I know 4 had a good, a decent story, but I really think the first three are where the series kind of shines. Uh, Alex, do you agree with that? I really enjoyed Sly Cooper 4. Um, the, like, Sanzaro games did a great job with it. So nice you platinumed it twice. Yeah, no, um, but I, I, I liked, you know, I, <laughs> I've i I've heard some people, you know, talk about how they don't like San, the Sly 4 or something like that, or it wasn't everyone's favorite. It was everyone's favorite Sly game. I, I really enjoyed the game. I thought they did a great job on it, um, especially for it not being Sucker Punch. I, I liked that game quite a bit. And then, you know, the original trilogy... My favorite's still number two. I love number two. It's one of my favorite PlayStation Two games. Like I, I, as a whole, I love that series. I love the characters. Uh, and again, it's just more proof of how good of a studio Sucker Punch can be. And you see them jump from that to you know something like Ghost of Tsushima or Infamous. It just so shows the variety that they can bring and just you know the the breadth of talent they have there. It may not be one of those franchises like Ratchet and Clank that Sony's going to pull out every generation, but as long as you know they still are keep it in mind, you know, maybe, you know, we've seen reports, I think Levi posted in Trophy or in the Trophy Wars thread that we might be getting a new Twisted Metal game. If, you know, those are two franchises, they're going to hop essentially every other generation and we'll get one every other generation. I would be perfectly happy with that. They may not be mainline franchises, but I think that they're still important to people who buy Sony products and buy Playstations and that people would want to play them. So I'm a huge fan of Sly Cooper and I would definitely love to see Sly Cooper 4, or sorry, Sly Cooper 5. Um, so Sly Cooper 5, and especially if Sucker Punch is back at the helm, uh, I, was, I can only I imagine just, how... I was huh? about to cut you, I was about to say, the, according to the leak, it's, it's allegedly not being made by Sucker Punch. Other people have said that it's back in Sanzaro Games' hands, but because Facebook now owns Sanzaro Games, that's probably not likely either. Ah, uh, okay. That's right, because we talked about how uh, they bought Sanzaro. Uh, I mean, as long as Sony is willing to, to invest, I'm sure they can find somebody to make a great Sly Cooper game. Uh, and I don't think that they're going to put that franchise in the hands of incapable idiots. So I have faith in Sony that they will treat Sly well. Because even though Sucker Punch didn't make Sly 4, it was still a really well done game. And I really enjoyed it. So Senzara did a good, good job with it. And I'm sure, hey, maybe Sony goes to Blue Point and says, hey, could you make us a Sly Cooper game? I'm down with Joe's idea of remastering the four games, you know, the five. Um, I'm excited for a fifth game. Uh, four ended on a kind of uh, a question mark. And I would love to see the story wrapped up or kicked into gear for another trilogy. Do you think that with how much people kind of bemoan, I mean, there's definitely people for it, but there's also a lot of people against it, bemoan all the remasters and the remakes and all that. And especially 
you know, with a lot of people throwing the word cash grab around at Sony recently with the Ghost of Shima news, do you not think that another Sly Cooper remaster or like an HD remaster would be looked at, you know, unfavorably by a lot of people and just say, oh, they're just trying to make easy money? If you do it like you did Crash, where, hey, well, how do they do it? Well, anyway, they they remastered it. And then shortly after the remaster to come out, oh, by the way, we're making a fourth one. If they did something like that for Sly, I don't think it would be looked at as bad because, I mean, you're you're revitalizing Sly Cooper, but in the same time, yeah, you're making money off of it. But no one bashed Sony when Crash came out because people wanted Crash back. Well, that was Activision. I th- they Activision owns Crash. But but I mean, anyway. You get what I'm saying. People wanted Crash back. Yeah, but I mean, like, I it had I, been a long, long... And Activision, you know, when they bought Crash Bandicoot, like, there's a long... The Crash had to go away for a while because Activision did not do any favors to that franchise. And it had been a long, long time. Like, yes, they... I believe... Um, on wait, PS- wait, wait. You don't like Mind Over Mutant, Alex? You're not a fan? You're not a fan of Mind Over Mutant? I didn't even play it. <laughs> didn't even bother. Um, I did play Twin Sanity and Wrath of Cortex, though, on the PlayStation. Those are both good games, though. Uh, I, I like did, those two. I thought those two were closer to the original formula than like, you know, Crash Bash. Well, not Crash Bash, but um, Mind Over Mutant or the other one that was just like Mind Over Mutant. That was also terrible. I mean, they they definitely were, but those all they both those games also had trouble development cycles where it was really hard to actually make a really good game. I don't know there were different aspects of each of those games where I like certain aspects of these games, like the soundtrack for Twin Sanity was really good and it had some cool boss fights, and you know. You know, great soundtrack for Crash Wrath of Cortex, but I, I don't know. I I played through them and I wasn't a huge fan of them. Um, so, but I mean, they definitely tried to take Crash a different course, and you know, they kind of hit a lot of stumbling blocks. So they're like, you know what? People haven't played the original Crash games in a long, long time. Yeah, I believe you. They released them for the three. You can download them digitally for the three and play the the PlayStation One versions on the three from the store. Uh, but a true, like, what they did with the graphics and just bringing that ge- those games into a modern age, a little bit different than the Sly Cooper games, because people have played those more recently. Um, and, and graphically, can you do a lot to the Sly Cooper graphics? Because they were specifically, like, a very... They were kind of, like, cel-shaded. They were very specific style, whereas Crash was more, like, real-to-life. Or not, not real-to-life, but, like, cartoony, but more, um, I don't know, I guess realistic. Not as stylized. One thing that has not changed is our love for this soundbite. Time to check my social media, yeah. All right, Joe, you're the guest. Uh, are you a fan of the soundbite or not? No, but guess what? It's your show, so if you want to keep it in, that's you. First... The first public disagreement. All right. So we don't really have I, I did put the thread out, but nobody really uh, mentioned on the thread. So I'm going to go through some of our Facebook uh, post because uh, a couple of them have some really hot takes. Uh, Mark Duplex has said, has anyone been following along with the Blue Box Studios story and downloaded app on the PlayStation 5? Uh, Mark, uh, I'm pretty sure Alex and you don't know about the uh, the story and I'm going to let them fill in. But I wanted to them 
to uh, be able to get their PS5s and uh, be able to check out the app. And before we go dip in that story, probably going to go fully in-depth on that story next week when I can give the guys some time to really catch up on the story. Uh, but apparently it seems like Ubox Studios has pulled this shit before several times, and it seems like it's a big scam. But being that the app is actually on the PlayStation 5, leads a little credibility that they may actually pull through this time. So we'll get back with that. Uh, Homer, this is the, the hot take of the week. I wish I had a soundbite for this. Uh, Homer says, Homer's hot take on Sony's promises to flood the market with PlayStation 5s. Buyer beware. My prediction is that the PlayStation 5 will turn into Sony's version of the Xbox 360's Red Ring of Death. While I have no doubt that Sony has taken extra measures to procure the coveted components they need to produce their consoles, I have to wonder if they're getting said components from reputable and reliable suppliers. I say this because I work in the aerospace industry, and one thing that we must be cognizant of is counterfeit parts. I have personally witnessed components coming in from other suppliers that look nearly identical to what they're supposed to be, only discover they are indeed counterfeit. We need to be cautious of this because if we allow counterfeit parts to be utilized in our products, not only will we be financially liable for damages occurred to the uh, vehicles, we're also liable in the event that tragedy should happen in the form of a crash. That being said, I fear that Sony is grabbing these parts from whoever is willing to sell them, good or bad, and that leads me to foresee a massive influx of subpar consoles. The PlayStation 5 could exhibit the same embarrassing failures as the dreaded Xbox Red Ring of Death. Uh, Yield, I'm going to let you take your response first on this. Well, he's not wrong in what he's thinking. I mean, there, to my knowledge, because everybody's fighting for this same chip, there was only one company that made this chip, and that place burnt down. So now they have been scrambling to allow why they've been trying to rebuild. They are letting other companies make some. I know they've been trying here in the U.S. to to get be allowed to get the patent to make some locally for the car manufacturers. And he's 100% right because this one company does it. And if other people try to do it, it may not be up to their standards. It may not be up to a good standard. So unless Sony yelled loud enough to get a shipment from the original manufacturer you could get a bunch of faulty systems. Joe? It, it, it's a safe assumption. Joe, your thoughts? Uh, <clears throat> this is some tinfoil hat shit right here. <laughs> like, I don't... like. That's a very bold claim to make about, you know, them just kind of taking parts from anywhere. I think Sony's a big enough company where they're not stupid enough to do something like that. They don't want a Red Ring of Death situation on their hands. Or I'll even put it further. They don't want like a Nintendo Joy-Con situation on their hands. <laughs> you, yeah. you just had to bring up the Joy-Cons. Oh, yeah. I had to bring up the joy Because you know what? Because any chance I get to rant about the Joy-Cons, I'm going to take it. And, and listen, I, I, I will back him up with that. Because don't let anyone tell you that the Joy-Cons are fine. Because if somebody tells you the Joy-Cons are fine, they're fucking lying to you. <laughs> you know what the funniest thing is, Alex? I'm in plenty of Nintendo uh, Facebook groups. And all of them like, I never got Drift. I think Drift's not an issue. It's not a real thing. And I was like... I pray your stuff doesn't have drift. I pray. Yeah, playing Super Mario Odyssey with drift was one of the most frustrating experiences of my life. 
I played. I actually played that game with Drift because I refused to get them fixed and or buy another set of Joy Cons. Oh no, I, I use I use a Pro controller now for almost all games. I don't. You know, Pro Pros have the same mechanics. All right, go, going back on topic here. To be fair, I don't think Homer is saying that Sony's going out and buying uh, subpar products. I think I'm what he's sure trying to exactly what he said. I think what he's saying is that he's they found a supplier. And it's possible that that supplier is giving them counterfeit parts, not where Sony's thinking they're getting legit. By that logic, then also, people might be driving around cars with faulty chips in them, too. Or buying Xboxes with faulty chips in them. Or new Nintendo Switches with faulty parts in them, too. Because they all they all use the same conductor. Because, I mean, so. we just we just saw, like, I'm starting to see now an influx of Switches in stores. Yeah, I saw. I saw what was it five or six in the store shelf the other day. Yeah, Nintendo sits on those. I I I, th- I think Nintendo is smart. One of the smartest smarter companies when it comes to that. They have them like sitting in a warehouse. Like you don't think they have like a like a couple hundred hundred uh not a hundred thousand but yeah probably a couple hundred thousand like uh Switch OLEDs already ready to go in a, in in a warehouse. They're just sitting there waiting for them to be released. Well, they did just pass uh PS3 in old time sales. They know they know what they're doing. Like Nintendo's smart when it comes to like supply demand. They've been pretty good at keeping you know their 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 stuff in stock and able to buy. Except for like the first few months of the pandemic, I really think Nintendo did the best job of being able to purchase you know their consoles. I mean, you still can't buy an Xbox and you still can't buy a PlayStation in stores. It's been almost a year. I don't know. I've gotten I've gotten five in the last two weeks in a store. No, no, like well, you, like walk into a Walmart. Well, but but and be also able to buy one for Nintendo. The Switch has been out longer than the Series X and S, and also the PlayStation Five. So their their install base is built up. As Tricky said, the sales of the Switch have now passed surpassed lifetime sales of the Xbox 360 and PS3. So there's not as many people looking for Switches now. So it's easier for them to get to the market. Well, yeah. Well, well, wait for the OLED though, and then you'll see the same thing because. If I know anything, I know Nintendo fans, and we're dumb, and we're stupid, and we'll buy the same thing 500 times over again. Do you really think pe- that many people are going to go out and buy the, the OLED Switch when it's not really an upgrade? Absolutely. Have you met Have you met Nintendo fans? Yeah, you got the crazy Nintendo fans that will buy it just for the... I mean, look at me. Like, the PS3, I have seven PS3s. Look at Mario Kart, Alex. Just look at Mario Kart. It's the highest-selling game on the, on the Switch, right? And all they did was add... Uh, I just took everything from the last game, threw it together, and added like I think one more DLC patch. That's that's it. And added the. And it's the deluxe. highest selling game on the Switch. Yeah, and you know what? Mario Kart sucks. It's not that good. Ooh, First of all, there's nothing to words. unlock on there. No, I I am a uh, I am with Alex. I think Crash Team Racing is a better franchise. It is a better Crash Team Racing Nitro Field is a much better game than Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. Yeah, I no Crash Team Racing is a better racing series. People just have extreme nostalgia. Uh, tied to Mario Kart. Uh, I I agree. I, I I don't necessarily think that's the real reason why it outsells Crash. I I just think it's it's Nintendo. You have that you have that brand loyalty behind it, and like that's really well Nintendo is is brand loyalty. Well, they they also packed it in with the Switch. Like it's like oh you you there's a game on the other side of this cliff, and we're lemmings. We just jump off the cliff to see if there's games on the other side. It's like oh wow you remade Zelda for the seven thousandth time. Well, guess I'm buying it again. No self-control. Nintendo fans have absolutely no self-control. We bought plastic Amiibos that don't do anything. <laughs> I got two of those sitting on my desk. You know what? Amiibos, I I, I'm sorry. I'm sitting in a box. I have to fucking throw this out there. I fucking hate Amiibos. Like, 
they're a good idea, but when the new ones come out, you can't you can find some of them in the stores. You can't find all of them though, and then you go online to buy the new ones and they cost like 70 something dollars or 50 dollars on Amazon. That's why I just buy the cards. I fucking I fucking hate those things. Oh yeah, I buy the cards too now. I bought all the ones for Hyrule Warriors so I could just max out my I, gems every day. <laughs> I I think for $60 I bought every single amiibo out there just the card. I don't need the figure, I just need the 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 prize. That's it. Yeah, I, it was a good racket. I remember when Sony tried to do it with those those what was the what was the brand uh who made those figures for Sony, the ones that were exactly like amiibos, except they had like the the X, the triangle, and the circles on the bottom instead of having just, like, the amiibo circle on the bottom. They sold them at GameStop. They were like amiibos, but they didn't have any, like, functionality. Are you they were just, like, figurines. Disney Infinity? No, no, no. Sony made... Sony made... Um, Well, they didn't make them, but they had somebody contracted to make little figurines for all their franchises. Yeah, so, rant, yeah, Push Square uh, 2018 has an article that said, new PlayStation figurines look like Sony-themed amiibo. Yeah, and they're pretty dope looking. They're well put together. I think McFarlane might have done them. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's being made by Tokaku. Oh, Tokaku toys. Yeah, they well, they're all if you you can find them like bargain basement on cheap uh, at GameStop if you still can find any. Yeah, there, I see a Hiace, a, a the main character from Bloodborne. No, Hiachi is not the main character from Bloodborne. Hiachi also yeah. <laughs> the the main character from Bloodborne. Could you imagine though, <laughs> Crash Bandicoot, Parappa the Rapper, Hihachi Mishima, Kratos, Sackboy, and then one other one that I can't tell exactly. What's a Crash one too? It was like a Wipeout. Yeah, a Wipeout. Yeah, there was a Crash one too. Let's move on to our topic of the week. Yield. Oh, hold on before before we do. I just want to say I don't think Homer was being malicious. I think no. I think that's I mean a reasonable. Like, I don't know, when you work in that industry, like, it's it's not, it's an, it's a reasonable jump to make, but also I'm with Joe, where I would think that Sony has seen what a situation like Red Rock, Red Ring of Death can do to your consoles and to your PR, and especially because they make so much money off of PlayStation that they would not be stupid enough to do that, so I would hope that they're putting quality products, and I would trust that they're putting quality products in their consoles. Because, like, I mean, if you just sit here and think, oh, well, you know, this this PlayStation might be defective, like, when are you going to buy another PlayStation or another console? You know, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pass, put it past Sony to be stupid. They bought Gaikai and did absolutely almost nothing with it. So I mean, let's not say that they're beyond being stupid. Where's those PS One games that we were supposed to get, and all those PS Two games they were supposed to get in Gaikai? Yeah, yeah. That that was rumors. Sony never actually confirmed that. Mm, okay. All right. Yield one, three, four, five, six. <laughs> I guess you gotta play all of them. This portion of the show is brought to you by Twitch Prime. Did you know that Amazon gives you $5 to give to your favorite streamer every month? If you link your Amazon Prime account with Twitch, you can sub to any Twitch page for free. You have to renew it every month. Otherwise, Amazon is just going to keep your money, though. So remember. So why not just give it to us instead? All right, I'm going to introduce this topic, and then I have to step away because I have to give Sweet Mama D some dinner. Uh, but this article is coming from NintendoLife.com and is written by Liam Doolin. Uh, and the only reason I'm pulling a Nintendo article is because court order popular ROM, court orders popular ROM website to, quote, destroy all of its unauthorized Nintendo games. Now, uh, I'm bringing this up only because of the fact that 
the ROM universe uh, is debatable within the gaming community. Some people feel that after years, uh, you should be able to download a ROM of your favorite Nintendo, Super Nintendo, uh, Genesis, uh, Sega Saturn games, and be able to play them and not feel like you're technically, quote-unquote, pirating the game. So I'm going to leave the conversation uh, to let Alex start it off first. Uh, first, I just gentlemen, I want to know what your general opinion of uh, being able to download ROMs are. And do you feel that this is justified uh, to do and not feel like you're ripping off said company? Uh, Alex, I'm going to let you start off, sir. I mean, Nintendo, I mean, Nintendo is pretty harsh and pretty strict with its IP which I do understand. So, I mean, this is just expected behavior of Nintendo. I, I, as someone, I don't know, we've had Jeff Hanna on the show before talk about, you know, preserving the history of video games. And, you know, all these platform holders can just lock certain IP and games away behind doors that we can't access. I don't know. Like, I feel like ROMs help, you know, people experience games they would never be able to experience or play games, you know, Cowboys and Moo Mesa. I would love to play that game, but I, I fucking can't because I actually cannot buy it at this point. Um, and that was a game I previously brought up on the show and Ponder had written uh, a post on Trophy Horse, like, oh, I completely forgot about this game until you mentioned it. There are a lot of games that I'd probably like to play that I just don't have access to because no one is willing to sell me these games. So in that way, giving people access to games that you potentially would never be able to play through, like, you know, doing that through ROMs, like, I think that's great. I don't know. Maybe I, I, I understand Nintendo protecting, protecting their IP, but also like, I want to support ROMs and I want to support people's access to ROMs and their ability to play all these games because it's shitty just people, you know, not having access to these games. I don't know. Am I, I'm kind of on straddling the fence here. I, I'm more siding on the ROM side than the Nintendo side um, because I don't know when it comes to these older games, I don't think Nintendo is going to make really that much money off them to warrant this. But I mean, am I, am I out of, uh, out of bounds here, guys. I don't mess with any of that stuff, so I really don't have an opinion one way or the other. Joe, you have any specific thoughts on this? I have a lot of thoughts on this. As a person who played like a lot of ROMs back in the day, because I just couldn't, you just couldn't play everything. Like it wasn't possible to buy every single game ever, or even if you owned it, it was just so much easier to find a ROM of it than I have to dig through all my games to find the game I own and then plug up the system I had for it. And you're with well within your rights if you're playing something you own a physical copy of. That's actually, like, it's within laws. Nintendo's trying to actually change that as well, I believe, where they're trying to make it so you cannot make ROMs of games, period, and they want all the ROMs destroyed. And I, and I get their stance. They want to protect their IPs. They want to protect their products. But you get to a point where... What Nintendo's doing now with their products is they're pretty much locking them behind a wall. And I don't know if that's because they're setting up like this bigger picture thing. Maybe they're going to set up like something like Game Pass and everything will be available in one spot. But like what they're doing with the Switch, they've they've alienated a lot of people. Like I, I just want them to bring back Virtual Console, let me buy what I want to buy. And I think Virtual Console gives them the leeway to spend more money on games and get the license back to things that they actually want people actually want to play on there. And not give me things like, uh, what did they give us this month? Um, Are you talking about like on the NES or SNES channels? Yeah. Oh my God. It's, gar it's garbage. Garbage. It's almost garbage every time. And then like every like once a year, they'll be like, oh, here's a Donkey Kong game to keep you guys 
paying for the subscription, <clears throat> you know, because we're forcing you to pay for online, even though the servers are straight trash, and half the time you can't you can't play Smash Brothers online, and it's basically an online game, and you can't even play it online because the servers are so bad and disability's bad. But that's that's a rant for another time. Like go back and back going back to like ROMs and emulators. I think that ROMs and emulators allow. Like you said, they allow people to play things they would never be able to play, and I think that's really cool. I think it's cool that I can I can play, and especially now, like, and I hope you guys agree with this. This point I'm about to make is that, especially now with retro gaming climbing to such ridiculous heights as far as like pricing, you're pricing people out of playing any of these games ever. Well, we've like, been priced Mario- out of playing a lot of these games for a long time. I mean, you think about some of the SNES games and how much how big of prices they fetched on eBay. It's ridiculous, it's ridiculous. and it's been that way. It's like. I- I'm not paying, like, did you see, like, and that's another thing, like, people collecting games now. The, the, the collecting boom has destroyed people actually want to buy things to play them now. So now you have to resort to ROMs because the collector's market has made it so, like, Joe Schmo or, like, this kid down the street with five bucks in his pocket can't go to a flea market and get anything for five dollars anymore. That's the, you don't live in that world anymore. I loved you. I loved going to the flea market back in the day, and I could pick up, like, ten games for ten dollars. Or there was a bin, it was, like, uh, pick out five Super Nintendo games for twenty bucks, and they would be they would have everything in there, like because they didn't know what, people didn't know what they had back then. Now everybody knows what they have, and it's created a big resurgence of people trying to go download games illegally to play them. I mean, you do want to understand Nintendo's point of view because these are, these are like these are things that they own. They own the property, but at the same time, like generally people are playing older games, and it's it's you know if Nintendo doesn't have any plan to profit off those games or re-release games that may fall under popular ROM games, does it, do they really need to do this? Like, I mean, I mean, I'm sure people are out there ROMing, you know, something like Super Mario World. So if, if Nintendo wants to set up, you know, I mean, again, Super Mario World is on the SNES channel, which you have access to for free if you buy their yearly online service. Um, so potentially a bad example, but a lot of the games that people are ROMing, Nintendo's not making off money off anyway. They're not really planning to make money off them anyway. So is it really hurting Nintendo to have these ROMs open? I okay. I'm now back. Did you guys read anything from this article at all? You kind of let us. We just kind of ran off to the races. Okay. Uh, just a quote. Two quotes from the article. It says, uh, "Plaintiffs' evidence demonstrates a threat of continued infringement based on defendants' representations that he, he may relaunch his website, which previously contained players' copyrighted games." Accordingly, plaintiff demonstrates imparable, irreparable harm warranting an injunction for the plaintiff's copyright infringement claim. Uh, that's the end of a quote. It says the injunction prohibits the site from copying, distributing, selling, or playing unauthorized copies of Nintendo's games. The Japanese company's name, trademarks, and logos are not allowed to be used in a, quote, confusing way either. Judge Marshall has also ordered the website's creator to destroy all of its, his unauthorized Nintendo games by next week and pay a $2.1 million judgment. Quote, defendant shall permanently destroy all unauthorized Nintendo games or other unauthorized copies of Nintendo's intellectual property, including movies, books, and music no later than August 17th, 2021. So, uh, I mean, legally, yeah. does Nintendo, or is Nintendo within their rights to do this? Yes, they are. But, I mean, like that's like Sony... Like, someone puts the original Warhawk from the PS1 era on a ROM, and someone downloads that and playing it, and then Sony being like, oh, we own Warhawk, that's irreparable damage to our, you know, our studios, our PlayStation Studios, you gotta destroy that shit. Like, 
aren't ROMs for mostly for playing older games that people aren't buying now anyway? Well, to be fair, there are people, I and granted, uh, I think it's a little bit more of a shitty move. There are people that are putting ROMs of PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S games on the internet. So go after those people. Don't go after the people that are putting, like, Super Castlevania 4 on ROM. Well... Because that, that's where Sony and Nintendo and Microsoft are going to lose their money if people are pirating their newer games. No one is going to... They're not going to miss much profit from people playing older games. Well, if if you guys remember years ago, um, I caused a little controversy when I said that I was playing A Link to the Past on a ROM. And somebody pointed, pointed out, oh, well, you're pirating the game. And I said, well, yes, technically I am pirating the game, but... The only reason I'm doing this is because I legitimately wanted to go out and buy an SNES Classic and couldn't find one because Nintendo is shitty practices of how they sold those. And if I was able to get one, I would delete the ROM, and I did. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. You can get on the Switch, you can get the SNES channel, which I'm pretty sure Link to the Past is on there. Well, now, yes. At that at that time that I was playing the ROM, no, I couldn't because the Switch wasn't even out at that point, I don't think. But see, I mean, that's the thing is, like, hiding games behind lock and key. So it's like, you remember like the Disney vault, you know, now Disney plus and all their stuff is available on there. But right. back in the day, they would release movies, you know, on uh, VHS for a short amount of time and then put them back in the Disney vault and you couldn't get them anymore. So like, I just like, I don't necessarily want to side with Nintendo from the point of, you know, hiding these games behind lock and key. So no one ever gets to play them or, you know, forcing people like Joe said to go to the secondary market and pay insane prices on eBay or, you know, from, you know, third-party sellers on Amazon to get a hold of these games. I, when it comes to ROMs, I mean, me personally, I, I feel like there's a fine line. And, like, I'm, I've been listening to you guys talk. I think it's a fine line between is it a dick move to, to play a ROM or is it legitimately pirated? Because, like you guys have said, like, if I can't actively go and find a copy of the game... Because Nintendo or any other company decided for whatever reason they were going to stop selling it or stop distributing it or stop publishing it. I think at that point, it is okay to, to download a ROM. If I can't legitimately get it, yes. Like for years, I wanted a copy of IQ for the PlayStation. Couldn't find it. And then when I did find it, it was in a third-party store. It was a used copy, scratched up to all hell, and the guy wanted $160 for it. And I basically said, fuck you, and downloaded a ROM for it. Um, but I do feel bad about doing that. But if I can't legitimately go and make like a, a if I if I'm making a determined effort to find your game, to play your game on your system, and I can't find it in a reasonable amount of time, I I don't have a problem with a ROM. I mean, I also have here's here's another thing to think about, guys. When they remaster a game now. You don't get all the licensed music back. If I play the ROM, I play the original version of the game the way it was meant to be played and experienced. And you can't you can't replicate that anymore because companies aren't willing to pay all the licensing fees to get all the music back. Like you you guys heard about that rumor that they're remastering the Grand Theft Auto games, right? Yes. Yes. They're not going to be able to get all the music back. There's absolutely no way. Like that Michael Jackson tracks in, in Vice City? Nope, you're not getting those back. Like all that stuff's going to be lost and like I don't want to play Grand Theft Auto without Michael Jackson uh songs <laughs> or there are certain radio stations like it's going to it's going to destroy the experience for me. 
and I think that's that's what I think of too when I think of ROMs. It's like it's preserving the game in a state that it was meant to be played in. That's the original state of the game. That's what the game was when it came out. And I think that's beautiful to be able to go back and experience something the way it was meant to be experienced. And remasters don't do that. They take a lot of things out of games. They, especially now with Sony, forget it. Like everything is censored and it's it's a mess. It's a mess. A lot of games are a mess the kids, now. Joe. You got to protect the kids. How about the kids just don't play the games? Like if, if it's that big of a problem, like it wasn't. Amen. It wasn't. It wasn't that big of a problem for me as a kid. My parents were like, "It's a game." You no know kid, the difference. No right? kids should be playing cool. GTA. Period. <sighs> uh, and I'm not saying that as a parent. I'm saying as just in general, GTA games are not made for kids. Therefore, you shouldn't have to worry protect the kids for them. I agree. They're not made for kids, and they shouldn't be sold to kids. But you know, at the end of the day, I mean, a kid can just buy it online now. Like that's that's the beauty of online gaming now. Yep. And being able to have virtual stores, kid can go steal his dad's credit card. Kids don't do this, and just go buy a game. Like it's it's that simple. And they don't check your age. They don't check anything. You just buy it. They assume you're over eighteen when you have an account. So because you have to have credit card. So there's ways around that. But going back to ROMs, I think that it's. It's selfish of Nintendo to deprive people of playing things because they're too fucking late. And I'm going to curse here. They're too they're too effing lazy. Curse. To... We're uncensored here. Okay, they're too fucking lazy. Fucking curse, get... Joe, goddammit. Fucking A. They're too, they're too fucking... <laughs> and then he censors A. They're too fucking lazy and cheap to go get the original rights to the game with the music and everything and remaster game. They want to go the cheap, easy way and they'd rather just give me, like, Claymates or these stupid-ass Nintendo games like I referred to later, uh, before. And I, and I think that's that's sad. It's sad that we live in a state where Nintendo is number one right now, but they're not willing to, to do all the things to stay on top. Okay, I, I don't want to come to Nintendo's defense. Like, I don't, I'm not going to become a Nintendo apologist. But there is a chance that they cannot legitimately get the rights to said music or whatever. Uh, I do remember, like, uh, now, granted, this is a totally different example, but when Rock Band uh, went, came out with Rock Band 2, they were not able to import three of their tracks from the first game to the second game because of license rights, because at the time, uh, and one of the tracks being uh, Metallica's Andrew Sandman, they couldn't move it over to Rock Band 2 because at the time, they had the rights, uh, Metallica's rights was being sold to Guitar Hero to make Guitar Hero Metallica. So it could legitimately be that they just cannot get the rights anymore because they're locked up somewhere else. Then that's one thing, but usually that's not the case. Usually it's just laziness. Like, have you seen the things that they give us on that on that uh, Nintendo Online service, Tricky? I have not been a Nintendo Online service probably in about a year and a half. I, I stopped so looking it- after looking at the offerings. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes Microsoft's offerings for... Uh, uh, what was that? Games of Gold look like the greatest games on the planet. All right. Uh, we are getting to the end of the show. We're going to wrap it up with some shout outs and get the hell on out of here. Let Joe go back to playing his shitty ass uh, games. I mean, I beat Mortal Kombat while I was recording, but now I'm doing like auto battles so I can get the rest of the trophies. See, he's cheating. Uh, so let make sure everybody calls him out for his cheating. I, I don't know uh, about yeah. Mortal Kombat 11, but the Mortal Kombat 10, uh, or whatever the original reboot was, that uh, those were hellacious. I think it was on the three. Awful triple. 
Uh, it's still a pretty bad trophy list. It's not as crazy as like having a win, win like a hundred matches with each person, and it's not that bad. Was that was that Mortal Kombat ten when they kind of like recentered the series? I think that was nine, wasn't it? Nine. Nine was the recenter of the series. Ten was the one where they rebooted the entire franchise. Yes. So let's close out with some shout outs. Uh, Yield, I'll start off with you, sir. Uh, shout out to Joe for recording with us tonight. And shout out to Tricky and Alex for showing up as well. Uh, and a shout out to all the listeners. That's it. Keep it short and simple. Give a shout out to the listeners, the fans, the fuel to the fire of this trophy horse. Thank you all for continued support of the show, because you all are the real reason that we are here. Uh, give a shout out to Tricky and to Yield and to our guest, Joe. Um, lovely conversation. We haven't had Joe on the show in a long, long time, have we? It's been like, what, probably 100 plus episodes? I think Joe... It's been I, never. I, I actually, been, Joe, I thought this was the first time you've ever been on. It's been never, correct. This yeah, is my first episode. First time well, Joe's ever been on the show. Surprisingly, the very first time. I, I that to for the record, I have tried to get him on the show many times. <laughs> Joe has said, "Yeah, I'll come on." At the last minute, oh, I'm not gonna be able to make it. Sorry, I'm very, very busy, man. I work seven days a week. Uh, I work two basically full time jobs, so I'm pretty. Yeah, busy. he can always find time to record with the B crew. But he, you know what? Tricky's digs aside, he is a good person to talk video games with because I had a nice little chat with him about a week, week and a half ago, and we talked probably close to an hour uh, over the phone about just you know this, that, and everything. Most of the games. Uh, but no, Joe is a great person to have a conversation with. So thank you for coming on, Joe. Uh, give a shout out to Psyonix because the new season of Rocket League looks great. Uh, shout out to Insomnia Games. Uh, loved Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Um, another fantastic offering from Insomniac. Again, one of the best development studios in the world. So shout out to them. Uh, last but not least, to give a shout out to my lovely girlfriend, Ashley. Uh, of course, like I said last week, she was the person who got me the PlayStation 5 and... She originally gave me some money to also, uh, she got me like a $50 uh, code or card or something to get to buy Ratchet & Clank with in the first place, which I used on uh, a PlayStation Plus membership when it was on sale. Uh, But luckily, the bundle that she bought for me came with PSN money, so I was able to buy Ratchet & Clank for very, very cheap using that money. Uh, So yeah, I played Ratchet, I got to play Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart because of Ashley. So thank you, honey. I love you. All right, oh, Joe. Did you did you get did you get digital PS5 or a disc? Digital. Ah. Yep. Because you know it was on GameFly on sale this week for like forty seven bucks, right? Yeah. I like I like Already, digital. I'm like... I'm fully on the digital transition. Except weirdly with Nintendo Switch cartridges, I buy those physical. I was digital for my first three years of owning a Switch, and now I'm at the point where I have to go to that like terabyte card, and I'm like I'm not spending half the price of a console on a memory card. So yeah. now I'm buying games. Yeah, now because the internal memory, the internal storage on the Switch is terrible. Oh yeah, it's only like 32 gigs. Yeah, well the the OLED is gonna be 64 gigs, but yeah, 64 to start. But I still think it should have been like 500 to start. Well, I know it would have bumped the price up, but I would have I would have paid it. Yeah, it In- been- internal storage on Nintendo consoles is not good. And the, and the micro SD cards are frustrating too because you can only put so many things on there. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know you're right. It's it's definitely a struggle. Uh, uh, shout out to you guys. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. It's been a long time coming. Um, always wanted to come on the show. Uh, thank you for you know lighting my passion to want to do podcasts. Um, like most people who found the show, I was just searching for a podcast to help me with trophies, and yours was really the only one that came up when I searched on Apple. So. Yeah, that's how I got my start listening to um to Trophy Horse. Um, I started listening back in like what are you on now? Like almost five hundred. For four, this is four ninety one. 
so like two something i started listening in the 200s so i've been here for a while um we haven't chased you off yet <laughs> yeah. no 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 it's 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 definitely my weekly my weekly grind of like the other 17 shows i listen to was that, uh, was, that uh, was that pre-donnie or after donnie donnie was in there donnie was in there i'm so i'm so sorry you had to experience that please you love podcasting with donnie i i've podcasted with donnie in the past uh he's pretty funny to podcast with because like anything goes with donnie like any, anything come out of that dude's mouth at any moment and it's like you just gotta be prepared to edit it out so it's kind of how it works I'm glad uh, you feel my pain. Well, I mean, he has no filter, so and he turns things into certain conversations that are very political at the drop of a dime, and you got to be ready for that. So I think it's a, I think he's 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 a great man, and uh, I think he's a great person to podcast with. I I enjoy podcasting with him when I get a chance to. So. All right, shout out, um, shout out to Donnie. Go ahead. Yeah, shout out to Donnie. Uh, shout out to Daryl and the Loot Bros. Um, that's where my home is right now. I just heard a, um, I just heard a big beep. Did you hear big beep, Alex? <laughs> no, I did not. Oh, you were going to beep the Loot Bros? I, 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 damn, Dave, is that beep again? Shout out to Kalai. Uh, Kalai's awesome. Still butt sore over that, huh? <laughs> shout out to Levi for being wrong all the time. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Skyrim's not the greatest game of all time. It's not even probably in the top 10 of RPGs of all time. It's not even better than fallout 3 and i'll be honest it's not man are you and, and levi gonna square off sometime in a playstation or a podcast arena we've we've tried to do this a bunch of times we had one that we did on trophy horrors a while our not trophy horrors on uh loop Rose a while back where he had where he started the tinfoil conspiracy of how digital games are going to take over and then he was like the only thing that could really take it out was like an emp blast it, if, if i could find the episode i'll throw it up on your page so you can listen to it or i'll send it to you privately but it was absolutely hilarious like uh, me going me and him going back and forth for an hour because that's really what it what it turned into i think it's funny i think if i ever got a chance to actually like do a sideshow with levi like even like a monthly show i would take the opportunity to do it because um we have really good chemistry and we're kind of like a yin and yang because we kind of feed off each other and having arguments and being very argumentative but having great conversation at the same time uh, shout out to my wife and my daughter. Um, thank you for letting me do this. Uh, letting me do it twice in one weekend, which is usually not a thing I usually do. Um, oh, and um, if you guys check out, you know, the Patreon, we have a Patreon for Loot Bros. Uh, it's Patreon slash Loot Bros. I don't freaking out how to do that. but And then shout out to uh, Nintendo for being the best place to play games right now. Except for uh, when their toy cons drift. Yeah, oh, check out me and Kalai's new show, uh, Nintendo Dr- uh, Loop Bros Driftcast. It's actually it's free on Apple. You can get it. It's once a month. We do a little Nintendo wrap-up show. So, Hey, Joe. See how a professional podcaster looked you to that chat-out? Or to that, that yeah, reference? Yeah, that was good. That was good. That was yeah. good. That was a good lead-in. See? That's what a good professional does. Something that Daryl's not able to do. Oh, jeez. Just, wow. Just put you it out there. the show? Huh? He listens to the show. He listens to the show. I know he listens. Yeah, to the he show. does. You know, he does. There will be a shot fired back in the Facebook group, guaranteed. You know why he listens to the show? Not only because we are a great show, because he has to learn how to host a show from me. I, I think it's so he has more ammunition to make jokes every week. I, I'm sorry. You know, I don't have to call people cheaters to feel you know because I'm a sore loser. That's all in good fun. Uh, uh-huh. I. Th- <laughs> I do think it got it's getting a little out of hand, but I mean, you make it so easy to do. Seriously, so shout out to you for making it easy to make fun of you every week and week out. 
So thank you, Tricky. Thank shout you for out that to easy the material. listeners. Shout out to Joe. <laughs> shout out to Alex and Yield. Shout out to all my haters. Shout uh, a big twerp you to Daryl for trying to ride my coattails every week and failing miserably doing it. Uh, you got to step up your game. Uh, get good. Uh, shout out to Sweet Mama D who interrupted me not once but twice but three times during this show, and I kept it going. Uh, you know, Donnie's not going to be real happy to hear that he's been replaced <laughs> in the rivalry between you and there's no longer a rival between Tricky and Donnie. It's it's Tricky and Daryl now. Now, there's no rivalry. The war has been fought and I have won. He's just refusing to die. And Yield, are you laughing because you're a sweet mama D? Yeah. <laughs> if there's nothing else, that was good stuff. until next week, happy trophy hunting. Later. Bye. Check it later, guys. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines.